Good morning. Good, well, good afternoon, good evening. Depends where you're listening, really, and what time you're listening, doesn't it, with it being a podcast. As you can see, I've not quite nailed down introductions to the podcast yet, but welcome back to the Start Simple podcast, everybody. As always, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for taking the time out, whether you are out on a walk, whether you're doing a workout, whatever you might be doing, I'm grateful for you being here, for you listening, and yeah, we'll get stuck into it. So episode seven, that's mad, isn't it? Episode seven. I wonder if every time I do an episode... Each time I'm going to think that's mad. I probably am, but hey-ho, here we are. Uh, but today's episode is going to be a Q&A focused. I'm going to talk about a couple of the topics that have come up over the course of the week with some of my clients, as well as actually this week, I'm going to talk about Start Simple. I named a podcast after the program, so, you know, I should give it a little bit of an intro and talk to you about what it's about with the next intake coming in next week. So, but yeah, if you haven't already listened to last week's episode with Hannah and Becky from Cheats and for Dreams, Go and do it now and then come back to this episode or listen to this episode and go back to that. Don't really matter which order you do it in, to be honest. Told you I hadn't nailed down intros. <laughs> but no, so as always with the podcast, you may not see the difference it makes, but if you share this on Instagram or Facebook, if you're listening, leave us a review, a rating, give me feedback, like drop me a message, email. I always um, read my emails and messages because, yeah, if there's stuff that you think would be useful or that you'd like to cover or sort of guests that you'd be interested in me talking to, let me know because that's the whole point of this podcast to help you. So we'll start off talking about Start Simple and the group program and, and what it is and why I created it. And to be honest with you, I know this like isn't what I should say. But I started Start Simple, started Start Simple. I created Start Simple out of anger a little bit and out of being a little bit pissed off. And don't worry, when I actually coach you on the program, I'm much calmer and hopefully useful and will teach you a few things. But the actual creation of it and why I decided to, to do it was because I was pissed off. Because with things like diet and nutrition, with training, with exercise, I'm sure you don't need me to tell you this. There is so much misinformation. And with my one-to-one coaching that I run, I have never, and I don't think this is okay, like it's just not all right. I've never had somebody come to me, whether they wanted to get a bit stronger in the gym, whether they wanted to drop a bit of body fat, whether they wanted to build a bit of muscle, they wanted to work on the health and fitness goals, right? Nobody's ever come to me and said, I've never tried this before. I'm a complete newbie to this. Nobody's ever said they've not looked into dieting before. Nobody's ever come to me with a clean slate. And I did it myself. As I'm sure most people listening to this have experienced, whether it's different online programs, whether it's working with a personal trainer and getting some maybe bad information, or Slimming World, or Weight Watchers, or being subjected to the media and people making us think that we have to do certain things and that we have to be restrictive or you have to exercise at this time or you should never exercise fasted or you should always exercise fasted. And all these different rumors and myths that they don't help people, they confuse people. And then by the time that they come into me and come into work with me one-to-one, often the first month or two months even sometimes of working with somebody one-to-one can be almost unpicking away at these things and trying to get back on, if I say this straight and narrow, it sounds like I'm helping a recovering drug addict, don't it? But helping people get back to um, a square one point before we can really focus on body composition and the goals in the first place because of all of this this misinformation and understanding. So the idea behind Start Simple, it's a six-week course. And the idea is, of course, I will support you to hit your goals, whether your goal is fat loss, muscle gain, doesn't really matter. Throughout that six weeks, I'm going to give you appropriate targets. I'm going to give you nutrition strategies, recipe books, meal ideas, shopping lists. I'll give you workouts, exercise libraries, descriptions around the workouts, step targets to to make you hit your goals, basically. But for me, no matter what you're doing when it comes to this sort of stuff, that is the bare minimum you should be getting. It don't matter whether it's with a PT in person, an online coach or an online program. 
that just shouldn't even have to be discussed. It should be what you get. Like if you go to work with somebody to achieve your goals, you should be given the relevant targets and support to achieve your goals. Surely that's just obvious, isn't it? But the difference with Start Simple is that we start to unpick the misinformation that maybe you've you've learned in the past and give you, well, the clues in the name, the simple things to focus on so that you can start to get ahead of your goals and start to make actual progress in your journey without having to start again. So over the course of the six weeks, each week we focus on a different key topic, the more obvious ones being nutrition and training, but we look at things like mindset, habits, motivation, the things that can often get forgotten when we talk about calorie targets or exercise programming. We talk about things like sleep, the menstrual cycle, the impacts that these different areas can have on you making progress to give you all of the tools and all of the knowledge so that at the end of the six weeks, not only will you have had six weeks working with me directly to achieve your goals, but at the end of the six weeks, you'll have all the knowledge, all the control and all the power to continue to go and achieve them. So that is the idea behind why I started Start Simple. That is annoying me having to say started Start Simple. It's like one of those little things. What are they called? Those things? Start, start, simple. Stop saying that, mate. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit of an overview of the Start Simple program, why I started it and hopefully what I want to do with it. I want to stop people having to go to 10 different places hearing all this different information. I want to give you the basics, the facts, the support so that you never need to start again. That's Start Simple. So there's two sort of key topics that have come up across my check-ins this week that I want to cover and discuss in a little bit more detail and give you a bit more of an overview to, to my thoughts, my opinions on those. Because with nutrition, with training and stuff, there is scientific research which is of course important but there's also practical application and making it work to your lifestyle and particularly with the two topics that we're going to cover today I think that rings true a little bit more so first and foremost is tracking your calories now as a bit of a reference point for those listening um the people that I work with I would say I probably have a bit of a freeway split with my clients and the way that we manage their nutrition I would say 30 percent track calories I would say 30% don't track calories. And I would say there's another 30% who are maybe a little bit hybrid. Maybe they, they track calories sometimes. Maybe we have a day untracked here or there or meals untracked. And we try and give them as much time away from tracking calories, but still with that fundamental education of the calorie intake of food, because I think that's important. Like the idea of, of tracking your calories should be a means to an end. Now, if you are a complete beginner, or maybe you come from a, a quite a dieting background, but a little bit confused. Maybe you're not sure about carbohydrates, or maybe you've done something with someone like Slimming World where you're not sure on things like pasta because of sins or mashed banana or whatever it might be that they give sins to. Tracking calories can actually be a really useful tool to unpick some of that and for you to start to understand the, the calorie value of foods. For example, an avocado off the top of my head is a superfood people call it don't know why it gets that sorry it's not superman is it but an avocado is actually quite a high calorie food now yes it's full of nutrients and it's not unhealthy but it does still have a high calorie value and i think for certain aspects and certain groups of people who maybe have never tracked calories before tracking calories can be incredibly useful in that respect now some of the things that people sort of say against tracking calories is oh it's a, it's a bit obsessive or or it's another level of restriction from dieting and the thing is for lots of people, myself and I experienced this myself, but I know and I have clients who have completely transformed their relationship with food because of the ability to track calories, who have had fears, and I'm not just saying like avoided a plate, genuine fears of eating carbohydrates because of the worries that it would make them fat. And being able to track calories has been able to teach them that carbohydrates aren't a bad thing and to actually include their favorite foods back in their diet. And what that's done from a mindset point of view and 
almost given them back control of their diet because of tracking calories and because of the understanding that it's given them is incredibly powerful. So for some people, absolutely, tracking calories might not be the best method to use. But do not write tracking calories off because it can be so, so useful for large groups of people. And particularly, I find people either new to dieting or people who have had quite bad experiences from dieting. So if you fall into one of those two groups, then potentially as an educational period, tracking your calories would be a really good idea. Now, if you actually go to the link in my Instagram bio, there is a tutorial video on how to make tracking calories really easy. Because again, that's something that some people think it can be time consuming. And to be honest, at the start of tracking your calories, it can be a bit time consuming. It can take an extra five or 10 minutes on top of the meal prep time as you start to scan and weigh certain things. But as you get used to it, you start to understand the calorie value of things. You Again, in my video, I do show you this. But there's ways of saving recipes and making life a little bit easier. And then you'll be able to start eyeballing food and having a rough idea of calorie intake. And it's that what I mean is when I say it's a means to an end, it's just giving you the education and the tools so that you can make much more informed choices. And that's the point. It's about having the information available to you and then making the choices off the back of that. So that's tracking calories and probably more of a, like, a positive towards it. Now, a few red flags. Is that the right word to use? Red flags. Well, we've used it now, so we'll go with it. But a few things that can come with tracking calories that I feel that if you have these things, and you notice these things happening to you, then maybe tracking calories isn't right for you and maybe coming away from tracking calories needs to be the right move. So first and foremost, now again, not to generalize, but groups of people who I think tend to, to have these experiences, it tends to be those of you who have tracked calories for a prolonged, prolonged period of time. If you've been tracking calories for, for years, I'm talking over two years maybe. And again, that's not everybody. Some people will be able to do that and have quite a good relationship with calorie tracking, but equally some people won't. So a few things to look out for that if you experience that maybe you need to start looking at towards moving away from tracking calories and putting things in place where you don't rely on tracking. So first, if you're not eating out, if you're avoiding meals, whether it's meals with friends or going to restaurants because you can't track it, because you can't put a meal like that in my fitness pal because maybe you'd feel guilty if you had a meal that you couldn't put into my fitness pal and be sure of the calorie targets and guilt as a whole not just with this example but in but within any form of diet or exercise routine or program guilt has zero place in any diet ever so if you are starting to feel guilt that immediately to me is something that you need to start addressing and looking at where that's coming from and why it's coming but yeah if you're feeling guilt about not being able to track calories and avoiding social occasions because of it that to me there is a trigger to say that you need to be looking at working towards coming away from such reliance on my fitness pal another one is letting it actually dictate complete food decisions and hunger signaling so of course, the idea of tracking calories is being able to understand a little bit more about your nutrition and around your diet. And in dieting, and people will always tell you this, hunger is normal. Having hunger when dieting is normal. We want to reduce that hunger as much as possible. We want to avoid those situations and make sure we're making the right sort of food choices, protein, higher fiber foods to avoid that hunger. But sometimes hunger will come. So I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is if you are seeing maybe you're on my fitness pal and you're you're not necessarily hungry but you have an extra 200 calories left for that day. So you're just eating those 200 calories for the sake of it. That's letting my fitness pal dictate your intake as opposed to your body giving you an actual cue that you may be hungry. You don't have to hit a my fitness pal target, a calorie target set by a coach or set by an online calculator to the letter every single day. And if you are feeling that sort of rigid, strict approach that you have to hit a target 
that's dictated to you all the time. Another sort of flag just to say maybe tracking calories or coming away a little bit from it is the right move. Now, that's not to say if you've hit your calories and you feel a tiny bit of hunger that you just should go a thousand calories over because you shouldn't listen to the calorie target. It's obviously there for a reason, but don't let it completely dictate all of your food decisions. And then a huge one, and I suppose this goes into not eating out as well, but if you physically cannot take time without tracking, okay, if you struggle to, I don't know, you've cooked a meal and forgotten to track it and that makes you feel uncomfortable or maybe you're going away from the week for the weekend and you, even though you don't need to track calories, you're still feeling the need to go into my fitness pal and tracking calories lots. That again would be a sign to be coming away and thinking about your relationship with tracking and is it actually beneficial, not to your diet, but to your mindset? Is it giving you a good relationship with food? Of course, the calorie value of food is important, but you shouldn't see every piece of food as a calorie value. You shouldn't see it as every piece of food as protein, carbs and fat. Sometimes you can see a cookie and think fucking well nice and you don't have to think about the calorie target behind it. So if you're finding that you are that preoccupied with food, that it's often coming back to my fitness pal and linking it with my fitness pal, again, maybe you need to be looking at maybe a more hybrid approach or coming away from tracking calories. It's a very individual one for my clients listening to this. You will know that you will work with me specifically on some strategies. Now, if you're not one of my clients and you're just listening and you're thinking this sort of rings true, the first thing I'd do is just begin to take a meal untracked a week. Now, it could be a meal that you're fairly comfortable with. For example, if you have a very similar breakfast every day, just on a Tuesday, stop tracking your breakfast, right? You, can, you know that you're having a very similar one each day and just start to get used to not having to put that meal into my fitness pal. And then maybe every day you stop tracking your breakfast. And then maybe you start a similar approach with just one evening meal a week. And then you've started having one day and just starting to come away from tracking. If it's something you find difficult, don't just stop altogether. Or wean yourself off it a little bit and start to just make small steps coming away from having to track your calories every day. But the key thing here, as I said, guilt has no place in a diet. So if tracking your calories is making you feel any sort of anxiety, guilt or worry, then you need to be either speak to somebody. And if you're not working with a coach, just send me a message and I can give you a little bit of help and support on what to do. But if those are feelings that ring true with you a little bit, then you need to think about them. Now, second sort of topic that's come up a couple of times this week is our good old friend, the scales and weighing yourself should you weigh your shelf can't really weigh yourself mate should you weigh yourself should you not weigh yourself how could you how should we use the scales what do the scales tell us now here's a sitting on the fence answer for some people weighing yourself and the scales can be an incredibly useful tool and for some people they can be incredibly useless and not tell us a great deal I know that's a really informative answer, but it's true. And the important thing that I'd say about the scales, they do not tell anything about you, about your self-worth. Now, without being a little bit big at it, the time in my life personally where I relied on scale weight the most and I judged pretty much all of my fitness progress on purely the number on the floor, I had one of the best jobs in the world. And I've talked about this job on the podcast before and I talk about it a lot because I loved it so much, but I was working with kids with special needs and it was a really, really rewarding job, right? And I would say quite comfortably that I did a few good things when I was working there. I'm not going to start like listing things because, again, I don't want to come across like a prick. But I would say that every single day I was doing things that were supporting others, that were helping these kids that I was working with. And, yeah, I'd say I'm a pretty good person for doing it, you know. But at that period of my life, I was so reliant on the scales that I'd get fucking down about a number on the floor. Despite having potentially done some amazing things that day or experienced some amazing things that day. I'd let a number on the floor bother me to the extent that it would piss me off. But the scales do not dictate that. They are not your self-worth. And one thing I've got a couple of clients doing recently is before going on the scales and before weighing yourself, do two things. 
Number one is write down something your body can do. Maybe it's a lift that you've improved on in the gym. Maybe it's the fact you can go for a run. Maybe it's that you can do some yoga. Maybe it's that you can touch your toes and you never touch your toes before. It really doesn't matter. But write down one thing that your body can do and write down one thing about yourself that you actually like. It might be that you're funny. It might be that you think that you've got a cracking ass. It might be that you're a good mate. It might be that you're a good parent. It might be that you're a good brother or sister. It doesn't really matter again, but one day... Actually, it really does matter. <laughs> but writing down one thing your buddy can do and one thing that you like about yourself. And then if you are going to weigh yourself, then step on the scales. And then you'll start to hopefully realise how little importance that number actually has on you as a person that's important another thing when using the scales and this is again only for those of you that do use the scales to measure progress is that they cannot be your only measure of progress this is in my opinion the biggest problem with diet clubs is that they just judge people and it makes me sick i've spoken to clients where they've been literally asked in front of other people in the room at diet clubs what they did wrong because one number on a scale didn't say what that person wanted it to say fuck right off sorry for swearing this podcast is not meant to be a sweary podcast it's just not okay and that's the sort of culture that brings in these negative relationships with scales so if you do use the scales have a rule of three and by rule of three i mean do not have just one measure of progress have three measures of progress as a bare minimum i would personally have more you could have performance you could have so performance in exercise i'm talking about you could have how you feel in yourself how clothes are fitting your body measurements you might have pictures you could just have generally i have this with clients maybe you're just able to go on a walk that previously you would felt tired for maybe you can go up the stairs at work without having to take a gap halfway through these are all measures of progress that the scales will never tell you sorry you can tell that i get a little bit um passionate about scale weight so please don't use the scales as your only measure of progress now if again you do use the scales my advice would personally be to use them more not less and be very consistent with the time of day you use them because scale weight will always fluctuate nobody will ever weigh the same every single day regardless of being in a deficit maintenance or a surplus the scales will always change that's down to your sleep that's down to carbohydrates it's down to stress it's down to whether you've had a shit or not down to how much salt you've consumed it's down to your menstrual cycle for the females. It's down to so many things that are completely out of your control that scales will always fluctuate. So if you are weighing yourself, I would do it regularly, at least three times a week. And I'd do it first thing in the morning after you've had a piss, because that's the most consistent time across the week where your body weight is going to be somewhat similar. And again, it's only going to be an average that we see over time because day-to-day readings, they don't really tell us much. In one kilogram of body fat, there's 7,700 calories. So if you see a scale jump by one kilogram overnight, which is quite common, can easily happen, ask yourself, did you eat over 7,700 calories more than your daily maintenance calories? Which for most people is going to be nearly 10,000 calories. That's like two large dominoes, a couple of ice cream tubs. It's unrealistic. So if you're seeing big big changes on a day-to-day reading of the scales, you can almost be certain that one of the things I listed before, like sleep, carbohydrates, salt, stress... It's that that's dictating those changes and not body fat changes. Now for others, and this, to be honest, it tends to be the case so more more in females than it does in males. And for others, the scales will not paint a clear picture. Now, what I mean by that is that you can see complete changes in body composition. So muscle gain, fat loss, and zero changes on the scales. You can see a complete change in the shape of your body with no changes on the scales. Again, this tends to be more common in females. Now that's most likely down to hormones the real reason is 
a bit of a mystery, to be honest with you, why we can see these complete body changes, but it does happen. And then the other sort of group that we can see these changes more often in is people who are, you might have heard the term like newbie gains. And generally, if you are not just new to the gym, but if you're new to following a strict regimented exercise program, you know, if you've, if you've been going to the gym and doing years of HIIT classes, but then actually decide to follow a strict training program. And when I say strict, I just mean structured and sticking with the same thing over time. Then again, you may be one of those people because your ability to gain muscle is actually faster than a lot of experienced lifters. So you can see body composition changes without necessarily always seeing the changes on the scales on the floor. And then obviously you don't have to use scales. Like the best way to measure particularly body fat loss is pictures. That's simply, Tina Turner, simply the best. It really is. And it's the most simple and effective way for you to see whether your body is changing, if that is your goal. But please, don't feel the need to weigh yourself. And if you are noticing negative feelings coming around when you are having to weigh yourself often, put the scales in the bin. Seriously, there are so many other methods that you can use to measure your progress that if you're feeling negative about scale weight and it brings along any sort of similar to the way that I said guilt has no place in a diet before, it doesn't have any place in measuring progress either. So if you are noticing these feelings are coming around on a daily basis, put them in the bin. I know that's a pretty straightforward answer. And for a lot of people, it's not as easy to just put the scales in the bin. So that's where I would start to use the methods I talked about before, where it's maybe journaling a little bit beforehand and using other methods as well as the scales to measure progress. But yeah, I think the message here is quite simply, the scales are not the be all and end all. They never will be. And they'll never paint a complete picture of you, of your diet, of your efforts and of your personality as well. So there we have it. A few topics covered today. So obviously why I started my Stark Simple group program, tracking your calories, the pros, the cons, and then of course, scale weight. If you have listened to any of that, and any of it rings true, if you've got questions off the back of it. And of course, if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about Start Simple, just drop me a message and we can have a little chat about that. However, in the meantime, as always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. We've got a very, very exciting guest episode next week. Informative, but at the same time, incredibly funny. I won't tell you too much, but we discuss vaginas. So I'll leave you on that note. Um, thanks again for listening and I will see you next week.